Welcome to Manager Tools. The Effective Manager Value Chain, Fixing Deliverables, Part 3. This podcast answers these questions. How can I help directs keep on track on projects? How can I make sure work gets done on time? How can I make work and tasks reportable? If you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go, folks. Let's talk about things that make things not deliverables if you're talking about tasks, right? First, we're going back to who does what by when and how you're going to tell me about it, but there's a big problem with who. I've seen this happen a lot with managers. Guys, you can't assign a deliverable, or even a task for that matter, to a team, okay? We're going to have a longer discussion some other time about this, but teams don't do anything. The individuals on the team do things. We certainly give credit to the team to acknowledge their shared work responsibilities towards perhaps what amounts to a goal larger than one person can accomplish, but teams don't actually ever actually take action as a unified group other than to meet, which I don't think of as an action. That's why, guys, teams always need a named leader. If you're going to assign something to a team, which we wouldn't recommend, what you're really implying and doing is assigning it to the team leader, who then has the option, usually, of assigning it herself internally into the team or apportioning it out by breaking it into smaller tasks and so on. This is kind of organizational theory 101, guys. And by the way, we know that there are some organizational theories or understandings that are ineffective. Generally, people's understanding of organizations is ineffective. But organizational theory, you don't want to mess with. You don't want to try to come up with a way around what you don't like about organizational theory. Uh, like, for instance, let's have a completely flat company. <laughs> that's, that's a bad idea. Or we won't have any managers. I get that every five years. Somebody sends me a note. Hey, there's a company that doesn't have any managers. Yep. Tell me how they're doing five years from now. They'll get bigger and then, then they'll fall. Another thing, you can't assign a deliverable to we. It has to be an individual. We is a different form of team, obviously. If you say in a meeting or in a one-on-one, we've got to get the outage logs reviewed, you're not going to get too far in terms of actual usage. Now, if somebody says, boss, I'll do that, great. Let's say it's Samuel. Samuel says, I'll do that. So now Samuel knows he's responsible for that. But again, that's a task as opposed to a deliverable because Samuel reviewing the outage logs is different than you knowing that Samuel reviewed the outage logs. And too often, guys, folks will assume that we means someone else other than them. Or, in a way, they think, and perhaps not wrongly in my opinion, we means you. You mean the manager. Yeah, because when, uh, no offense, but when the when the team wins an award, the manager goes, gets it, he's we. Hey, look, we won this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I picked it up. Yeah. And I got the bonus. So we also don't recommend that you describe a task or even a deliverable without naming the owner before describing it. Okay. Oh, good point. Okay. Yeah, this is big. I see this all the time saying, hey, look, I need to see a draft of the revised budget by 4 p.m. Thursday. Robert, will you handle that? Robert goes, whoa, what? <laughs> well, look, you're thinking, hey, I have all the, con- all the, the components of a deliverable in there, right? Guys, I've seen it done a lot, and without identifying who up front, Robert's not listening as intently because he's probably assuming it may not be him, and he doesn't get it. He he literally goes, huh, what? Right? Isn't that what you were saying, Mike? I yeah, mean, exactly. He just doesn't. 
he doesn't <laughs> And he doesn't tell you that. He doesn't want to look like an idiot. So he says, got it. And then after the meeting, he goes to Susie and goes, Susie, what, what was that? What was that task? And Susie goes, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and he's too embarrassed to come talk to you and ask you. <laughs> just, oh, it's just a train wreck coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, boss. Fine. Read it back to me again. Well, because we all have time for that. Right. So no we, no teams. Say the person's names name first now is it okay hypothetically for robert in this case that we're using to come and say well i can't do that but i can do this sure but hopefully you're the person responsible for putting all this work together it has to be within the parameters of the achieving the ultimate result of the project or the idea whatever okay second there's a problem with what okay we generally recommend the inclusion of the reporting of status, again, communicating the deliverable with the task itself. Most of us don't do this often enough. We assign a task. We don't make it a deliverable because we don't require reporting or communicating the result. And we've already talked about this, but if you've ever wondered whether something was done by the deadline, a la Mike hunting down Susie, or gone looking for something you need that should have been done by now, you know exactly what we mean. And that is a function of assigning tasks and not deliverables, okay? Look, in our heads, we've all thought, gee, I told him I needed the draft flowchart by 2 p.m. Why don't I have it? We assume that because we don't have it, it isn't done. But again, the task wasn't to send it in. The task was to create a flowchart draft. And like Susie's example, we often discover they've done it. They're a little disappointed that we thought it wasn't done. Well, we're a little disappointed that they didn't think we'd want to have it when they were. It's like literally everything. It's like a Romeo and Juliet. I, I, I love the Romeo and Juliet analogy that five minutes before the end of the show, before the end of the play, they were both alive and together. And then five minutes later, they're both dead. I mean, it's the ultimate bad ending. And it's even worse because, of course, the audience thinks, oh, they're about to get together. It's going to be okay. Yeah, no. I think that's where Nicholas Sparks gets his. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I yeah, don't do guy. it. Don't do it. If you're thinking about it, don't do it bad. So all these mistakes are eliminated by making the task a deliverable by assigning it this way. We, Robert, will you please send me the draft flowchart by Tuesday at 4 p.m.? And look, it's going to take your team getting some time to get used to this change. But after a while, they'll start assuming that every task either is or ought to have been a deliverable. They'll start communicating status, completion of things, at or before the deadline. And you don't even have to tighten deadlines. And we've had, what we've had guidance where we told you you can shorten deadlines and so on. But just doing this and not changing the way you assign deadlines will absolutely make a difference being clear about who being clear about what and including status yeah you'll, t you'll just take a huge amount of slack out of the hole yeah exactly that's exactly what you're doing it's you're, you're eliminating slack and i think most people probably think because i'm so busy there's not a lot of slack actually slack creates busyness you'll actually have more time the less slack you have in terms of project management standards and so on and I'll tell you, you start doing this, you discover that you won't ever have to worry about something. And so if I say, Mike, please send me the flowchart at two, and it's four and I haven't gotten it, you can just send a note and say, I really need the flowchart. And 
he doesn't get to say, oh, I've done it. Or, you know, oh, I did it a while ago. And, and you know, look, you'd probably call him into a one-on-one and say, you know, next week and say, hey, can I give you some feedback? When you tell me something's done, but I didn't have it, when the assignment was send me the flow chart, it's not effective. It's a time waster. It creates slack we don't need. Can you work on that for me? And tell people very clearly, it's not enough to have done the thing. Other people have to know the thing is done. And interestingly enough, people complain all the time about having to do reporting, having project management systems and have to go do the work and then report on the work. But project software, um, status reporting, that's all a function of creating deliverables. It is a soft form of deliverable that you have to say to other people, it's done. You're communicating you may not actually communicate the code. Uh, you may not actually communicate the box you were working on, but that's a soft form of deliverables. And people complain about them. And my response is, well, sorry, it's part of the tariff you pay for being in an organization. Just how things are. So let's talk about the next problem, the problem of when. And that means small deliverables mean short deadlines. When really addresses two things. One, guys, hopefully everybody knows, you got to put deadlines on things. And um, we hear every once in a while, it's, it's a small minority, maybe 5 or 10% are like, no, no, I don't give deadlines because I trust my people. And I'm just going to say that we don't manage people primarily by trust. You create the trust so you can believe what they say and they'll believe what you say, but you also measure things because if we didn't trust things as managers, we would be saying to our company, it's completely okay to give away our product and trust people to give it to us and to not worry about profitability. We'll be fine. We'll, we'll see the numbers at the end of the year. We'll have the accountants figure out whether or not we made money or not. Well, that's simply crazy. And that's one of the, the underlying theories that I think a lot of managers miss is that the internal economics of organizations should, to some degree, mimic, um, uh, parallel, be very similar to the external economics of organizations because the internal organization is an economy after a fashion. And if it's very different internally versus externally, there are going to be problems at some point along the way. You make a great point there. I think that there's one more thing about Deadlines, for me at least, is I, I think deadlines are one of those factors that help people make choices amongst priorities. Now, there's other factors, cost, for example, but if there's no deadlines, everything's the same priority. And it's the deadline Absolutely. that allows you to negotiate the priorities. Yeah, it's one of, it's one of the tenets of, our, um, of Horseman's Law Project Management, that deadlines drive behavior. And if I have two choices of two things to work on, assuming they're not, one is not 10x the amount of work as the other one, which would be an example of really bad task planning and management. The one that's going to get worked on is the one that's due this week. Um, almost inevitably, that's true. Almost all of us are being driven by short-term deadlines in most of our work. You don't really realize it day to day, but that's essentially what, what we're doing. Heck, being in a meeting on time is a form of a, of a deadline in terms of your work product part of which is, includes being where you're supposed to, to be. So you're right, deadlines drive behavior, but then there's something else that's really important, and that is when deadlines are missed, it is amazing the extent to which, in terms of this deadlines being missed, proving that they drive behavior, how many people that once the deadline's missed, even if there's some complaint or something, uh, if it's missed, unless it's Armageddon, without a new deadline, People know that they're late and they're getting later, but 
there's no punishment, there's no escalation, there's no repercussions of being later. And so other deadlines that were due after the one they've already missed take priority. Because if I'm already late on this one, I don't want to start working on this one, finish it, still be thought of as late, and then because I've been working on this one, then miss another one. Right. If I have one red task, it's going to be red until it's done. I don't want to have five red tasks trying to get this one done, right? Yeah. Look, when means putting deadlines in place, but it also means learning the lesson that when you are first going from ideas to action in anything, not necessarily just at the beginning of a project, but any time situation changes, new idea comes up, you're going to add more work, change the work, whatever, and you're discussing possible ways of doing it with your team or your peers or whatever, turning those ideas into action. We highly recommend that the early work that you ask people to do is smaller tasks with shorter deadlines so that we can get early response, early feedback that things are on track or not. We know from project management data that one of the biggest predictors of a project's success is the percentage of tasks on that project that are done, that are completed, that are green within its first you know, week, two, three, four weeks, depending upon how long the project is. If you send four or five people out with 10 or 15 tasks and they don't really have deadlines, the deadlines are three weeks from now, that project is going to be delayed by three weeks in three weeks because all of those tasks are going to be missed. And if you want to motivate people and you understand that deadlines drive behavior and you want to motivate and encourage while at the same time have a, a, a reporting device for stuff they're working on, you've got to give them deadlines this week because that elevates the thing you're doing to something that they'll do. Now, what most managers say is, no, I can't do that because the task is too big and so on. Well, no, that's just because you haven't thought about chunking that task down to something more manageable, which we've talked about in several other places in our cast over the years. And this all assumes that the manager, Mike, we know this really well, this all assumes that the manager knows to assign deliverables, but frankly, most of us don't. We assume that everybody thinks what we think, that the details are obvious, that they're going to do it basically our way. It's clear to us. And um, I think one of the things I've learned is the extent to which learning is very slow, very small. It's like the accretion of sedimentary rock. And you look back over your life or 10 years, you say, I can't remember exactly where I learned that. Yeah, there are some aha moments. And because of that, because learning is so slow, you don't ever think, you know what? I didn't know that when they were, when I was them, I really didn't know this thing that will inform this next, next action I'm going to take. It's something that I've learned in the last five years, not through any fancy big aha moment, but just, you know, the formation of sedentary rock, which by the way, there are some sedentary, sedimentary rocks that are pretty big, pretty significant. Look, what's funny about the fact that we don't assign deliverables is that we ought to have learned the lesson by now. We all do this, right? And even if we do give out tasks, we don't assign them deadlines and or we don't make them deliverables. So so this step of going from actions or from ideas to actions is rife with chances for us to be average or below average managers by not being crisp, by not being clear. 
This is where the rubber meets the road for a manager. You can be somebody who's in charge and you can say, okay, we're going to do that. And then you can wonder why things don't get done. I'd be willing to bet that for 10% of young managers who don't do their job well in the first year or so, um, this is a critical mistake. They literally talk about what needs to be done, but they don't assign things. They're afraid to pin things on individuals because individuals push back and Young managers don't want to be pushed back on because they're afraid they don't have the power and so on. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. It's uncomfortable. But, yeah, I guess they don't pay us for comfort, do they? Look, the key to getting work started in any phase is to assign small deliverables with short deadlines early. If you don't measure assertively, if you don't put in place clear measures, which are deadlines, and clear tasks and the reporting of the tasks status by the deadline. If you don't do that assertively at the beginning of the actions phase, you're basically accepting a near complete delay of the first steps of the work you're asking people to do until you decide to ask them for status or meet again on the topic. And we've all had the situation of, oh, I know they're behind, but I'm not going to ask it. I'm not going to get in trouble for not asking because I'm not going to get in trouble for them not doing it because I'm not sure how important this is. And so therefore they know, and I know, and we both know, and it's just, yeah, it's kind of a crappy feeling. Everybody's busy. This particular topic is important to you now as you're sitting in the meeting discussing these ideas that are going to be turned into action, but your directs are going to go back to their desks and their work and get swallowed up as we all do with all the other things you were doing before they met with you including email and other meetings, and they're behind on other work. Those immediate deadlines that they go back to on the other work allow them to set aside the undeadlined, unclear, undeliverable work we just discussed with them. And so it doesn't get done. And then every project starts off, well, I can't really get anything done. And it's not really the start of the project. It's how managers assign the work. In my experience, if there's a deadline, the, the next time somebody's going to even think about doing the work is at the next deadline, right? So if the deadline is, yeah. say you set it th- three or four weeks out, they're not going to start work on this project until three or four weeks out because of all the other stuff that's consuming their time. Yeah. Well, that's why it's got to be a short Great. deadline. Yeah. So what we thought we'd do is give a detailed example of how an effective manager fixes deliverables with a direct on a specific project or an issue. In the example we're going to use, you could do this in a one-on-one, or it could be done in a meeting where the issue we're going to talk about just happened to be why we were sitting down together, or it could be one of a number of work issues being discussed in the meeting. We're going to assume here that Mike is a software development manager. Gosh, Mike, have you ever done that before? Is that mm, yeah. Yeah. You think you can Maybe. do it? Maybe. It's a stretch, right? It's a stretch. stretch, but yeah. For those of you who perhaps joined Manager Tools in the last couple of years, Mike has a long history in software development and IT. And um, at the end, you know, hundreds of people working for you? Yeah, about 600. MCI? 600 people at MCI World? Anyway, all right. So Mike's a software development manager. One of his responsibilities is supporting website availability. Okay? That's part of his job. I'm a developer. This is so This is so cool. I get to be a developer. Mike's my boss, so I've got an effective manager as my Perfect. boss. Perfect. This is really fun. I'm a developer, and in this case, uh, during a one-on-one on our Monday afternoon, not Monday morning, don't do one-on-ones Monday morning, I mentioned to Mike that I'm getting some feedback that there appear to be user feedback 
through normal channels that there appear to be sporadic performance issues that at least initially appear random. I don't see any thematic connection. We're getting comments that suggest lack of responsiveness from the website for one to two minutes at a time. Then, after that, the website seems fine. And I say to him, hey, listen, boss, I got to update you. I'm not really sure what's going on, but here's what I'm hearing. Okay. Now, if you're like Mike and I, and many, most of you are, there's a discussion about it. I'm like, you know, it could be this. You know, Mike might say, hey, do you think it has anything to do with that new module we put in? Or, you know, I don't know. Is it something to do with load or whatever? Okay. Is it anything like what we were getting about three months ago? You know, we were having some issues three months ago on this, and these appear longer, but are they connected somehow? You know, what are we thinking about some of the new features? And basically, we bat around some ideas, but there's no clear anything done. Nothing really seems resolved. What a lot of managers do, I certainly remember doing this many times in my career early, rather than Mike saying to me, okay, Mark, get me some more specifics and come back to me, or, hey, let's meet again tomorrow and see, which some managers might think, hey, there's a deliverable, there's a deadline, right? Mike says, well, let's take some steps. Let's do something. And I say, okay, boss, what is it? And now, guys, what Mike's going to do is give you examples Now, assuming, of course, you understand it's only me and Mike in the meeting, so he doesn't have to say my name. The who is is assumed as a function of it being a two-person meeting and Mike being my boss. So, Mike, go ahead and be the software development manager and give me some deliverables. Good. All right, Mark. Well, it's sporadic. We don't know what's happening. Before we start going off and trying a bunch of different things, let's see if we can figure out what, in fact, is going to get to the root cause. Yeah, Okay. All right, by 10 a.m. tomorrow, Tuesday, I want you to evaluate two website performance monitoring services that can identify specifically when and for how long the website slowdowns occur and provide recommendations to me on email on the selection of a tool. Okay, cool. Okay, I got that. And by noon on Tuesday, you're going to sign up for the selected service, start monitoring outages, and email when you've got that going. Okay. So, boss, so what you're saying then is on noon Tuesday, if I've signed up but it's not working, I'm not really done. That's right. It's, you have to be monitoring. Yeah. Right? Okay. What What do I do if it's noon Tuesday and the deadline passes, but I don't, I haven't gotten it done? You know, I'm still, I'm still working. I I bought it. I've signed up. I've started monitoring, but I'm not sure. I don't have it configured right. What should I do? You're not done. Okay, you're an email, and then we're going to have a conversation about it. Okay, so I'll let you know, hey, I missed the deadline. I'm working on this. Do you expect me to give you a new deadline? Like, I think I got to be done by this time? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's what you okay, always do, good. right? Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Then by next Wednesday, roughly a, roughly a week, I want you to establish a performance baseline and to report to me that one week's worth of website outage timings in an Excel spreadsheet. Okay, so you want me to send me a spreadsheet with what the tool tells me all the outages are, when they were, and how long they were, and so on. That's right. Uh, I would say 5 p.m. by next Wednesday. Okay. And, and boss, what you're telling me with that is that you can live with a week of trying to figure this out. 
you don't think we could solve it like in five minutes or something, right? No, I think I think we need a week's worth of, of, data, of data to see if there's a, a, a pattern or a correlation with other stuff going on. Okay. All right, cool. I'm good. I got that. Anything else? Okay. And then by 4, 4 p.m. the following Tuesday, I want you to evaluate website access and air logs and provide a report to me identifying any unusual activity in those logs that correspond to the time of those website outages. Okay. Hey, boss, can I go back a little bit? Just real yeah. quick. You said by next Wednesday, establish performing baseline. You didn't give me a time. I'm assuming it was afternoon, but I'm out Wednesday 5 afternoon. I got to go. I, I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm out Wednesday afternoon. Can I, can I do that by like Thursday morning? Sure. About Thursday, um, 10 a.m.? Yeah. Okay. That's okay, fine. That's fine. Good. And you're hoping that at the end of all this, we'll know what the issues are and then we'll start working on them. I'm hoping, right? At least we'll have some data. Okay, but hold on. Just to be clear, this sounds really simple, but if it's really obvious to me, um, if I have a flash of genius, I know that never happens, but if I do and I think, oh my gosh, it's obvious. Look, it's all, it's all running at the same time that the, that the finance reports go out and there was some finance changes in the finance website. You got that email a couple of weeks ago. What do you want me to do? Look, I want you to come talk to me. You're going to have to have data to prove that to me, okay? I, I don't want guesses. Remember we had the outage like, I don't know, it must have been like three months ago, and we thought it was X, right? And then we thought it was Y, and we thought it was Z, and we did all these actions, and it turned out none of those things had anything to do with the outage. It was pure guessing. So I don't, if, if you have some evidence suggests that you we can solve this thing early, great, but I need evidence, not guesses. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, I can do that stuff. That sounds good. Thanks, boss. Okay, cool. Yeah, so folks, what happened here is Mike went from, hey, we're talking about it, we're thinking about it, from ideas into actions with specifics. He'd be fine with the second, the third, the fourth deliverables all changing or disappearing based on some early work that satisfies his concerns. And he's not afraid to assign multiple deliverables with relatively short deadlines, knowing that things may change as the situation unfolds. But what you don't do is assign one thing and then say, get back to me and then assign another thing because you're afraid that step three, four, five, and six are somehow too risky, too unlikely to be actually precise because things change when you start working on things. It's just the nature of things. He's not afraid of that. And more importantly, Mike leaves the meeting knowing that there's a plan in place to help get this problem solved. And I leave the meeting knowing exactly what's expected of me. There's no question. It's not, not clear. Now, is it possible that if I am a most experienced software uh, developer and I have extensive experience with this system that I could say to him, hey, boss, I've got some ideas. Why don't you let me here real quick? Here's what I think we need to do. I say something along the lines of, so I think first step, we need to evaluate some performance monitoring services that can give us some sense of when things are happening and for how long. So let me just propose, how about by 10 a.m. tomorrow, I'll evaluate two of them and I'll make a recommendation to you on which one we ought to use. Does that sound okay? Now, this is the difference between me being maybe a junior or not knowledgeable or not exposed to this kind of specificity thinking. And so therefore Mike assigns it crisply as opposed to me being very comfortable with this kind of thinking, being a deadline deliverable kind of person.
person, a project management person, an effective manager, managed person. And so I can create my own deliverables. And as long as they're satisfactory, Mike can say, yep, that's good. And I say, yeah, then I'll do this and then I'll do this and I'll do this. Good. Now, what I don't say is, and so, yeah, and then I'll sign up and uh, and then, you know, I'll establish a performance baseline, look at that and probably put it in the spreadsheet and then, you know, and then I'll evaluate the logs and, and let you know. He won't tolerate that because that's just me talking about what he and I know generally the work to be because I'm not talking in the language of deliverables. I'm talking in the language of work. I have these work things to do. I know I need to do them. But if I don't assign myself my own deliverables, or if I don't assign clear tasks and then turn them into deliverables by making myself have a report to Mike, and then I don't give deadlines, that's not effective. And this is going to be like every other activity that doesn't get done. And a month later, there's a big outage. And Mike says to me, what happened? I said, well, I was working on that stuff, but I just haven't had time. And, you know, it seemed to be annoying, but not critical. And now he and I are both holding the bag, which means basically he's holding the bag. Right. I think you bring up a really good point because in my experience, the vast majority of conversations like this. So if you came to me and said, hey, we have this this problem and there's this chit chat. Well, during that chit chat about the problem, we identify a ton of possible things we can do. So it's very likely that all these actions I just described, they just didn't come out of my head. Right. Mark probably suggested them during the conversation. And the danger is that a lot of managers just leave it at that. We had a bunch of ideas. We had a bunch of actions we could do, but without any specificity. And essentially what then I did is say, okay, here, here are essentially the things we talked about. This is, won't be a surprise to you. Um, now, let's figure out which of those are we going to do and when are we going to do them by. Yes. Um, that's kind of the genesis of, of how the, the, the growth of the idea into actions in a situation like this very often. And basically... That's how you fix deliverables. When you go from ideas to actions, you have to know what a deliverable is and you have to talk in the deliverable language. There'll be a little bit of uncertainty in the beginning as you figure it out. There might be a little bit of pushback. This is not micromanaging. And what you'll discover is you'll sleep easier at night and you'll get earlier reports and be able to make more adjustments. And you'll be able to talk about status of things rather than just asking, hey, how that how's that going? So Talking generally about things that need to be done isn't effective if you expect results at the end of your value chain. When you've got to talk about activity versus just the ideas, thinking about what you're going to do, you've got to switch to action language, and that's who does what by when. And no offense, but turning ideas into action is what managers, executives, and leaders do, so we ought to be good at it. All right, my friend. Loved it. Thanks, partner. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.